Good morning. Today is June the 25th, Thursday. So I hope you're having a good week. Uh, today we are going to um, pick up our study in Acts chapter number 9. We are making our way through the book, aren't we? Uh, Acts chapter number 9. And um, um, we, are, we see the conversion of Saul. Acts chapter number 9, conversion of Saul. Um, let's just look in uh, verse number, let's see, Acts 9, 9, 1. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priests. And desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues that if he be found any in this any of if if and, and that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Good morning, Zeke. God bless you, brother. Um, so as we were talking about the other day, I'll focus on verse number five. He says, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Now, some disagree as to who Saul is addressing here in his response. Either it's simply a term of respect by calling him Lord, or he knew that it was God. Of course, it would be hard for me to imagine that Saul didn't know that something supernatural was going on here. And, uh, and then, of course, as soon as he says, uh, I am Jesus, um, so even if he was a little discombobulated as to who was talking to him, um, the Lord immediately answered his question, and he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the bricks. So Jesus drops the bomb on him. Um, and he says, it is hard for thee to get kick against the pricks. It means that you're working against God. You're working against me. You're failing to realize that I am the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. Uh, other translations say it's hard for you to kick against the goads. Uh, but it means you're fighting God on this. And that leads me to believe that he may have had his suspicions. Um, he may have thought it through and, I don't know, maybe had entertained the thought that possibly Jesus might have been the fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures. Uh, so whether that be the case or he was doing it in ignorance, either way, he says, you're fighting against me. You're fighting against God here. Saul. And then to verse number six, and he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go to the city, and it shall be told thee that what thou must do. Now this had to <clears throat> hit Saul like a ton of bricks. I mean, the very Jesus whom he hated, the very one who he thought he had to stamp out all memory, was actually Jehovah God of the Old Testament the very God that he worshipped in the Old Testament. Uh, I can't help but think he immediately knew the error of his ways. He immediately realized. I mean, the connections came into place. 
he realized that he was indeed persecuting the very God that he worshipped of the Old Testament. Because his immediate response was, what would thou have me to do? Um, God has a knack for taking men that are low, high, and men that are high, low. <laughs> In this case, uh, he's taking a man that's high, and he's taking him low. Now, I've made the comparison a few times off so far in this study how Saul of the Old Testament is almost a type and a foreshadowing of Saul in the New Testament. Uh, Saul of the Old Testament was taken from being low and placed high. And now Saul in the New Testament is taken from being high and placed low. And then in one of the other studies, I told you how um, God, the people of Israel, had rejected God and his theocracy and instead chose Saul, a king. So too in the New Testament, the vast majority of the Jews rejected Jesus and his leadership and agreed with Saul and the persecution that he was meeting out against those of the way. So Saul in the Old Testament is almost a foreshadowing and a type of Saul in the New Testament. Um, now, later on, Saul, Paul, will give his personal testimony, and he will mention this conversion, this experience that took place on the road. Uh, in Acts chapter 26, verse number 15, And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise, see here, he's giving a, um, a little bit more detail in his testimony in, in Acts 26. Because he begins to say, the Lord said to him, rise, stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. So Paul is uniquely sent to the Gentiles, and we're going to talk about that a little further maybe to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness. Who's they and who's them? Gentiles. Paul was never sent to the Jew. And from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of their sins and the inheritance among which they are sanctified by faith that is in me. So we see in verse 7 of Acts, uh, nine And the men which journeyed with them stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. <clears throat> and he was three days without sight, and did eat nor drink. And neither did eat nor drink. Um, <clears throat> we'll look at these verses real quick, and then we'll be done. Saul was blinded for three days. Uh, some would make the comparison between Saul's three days of blindness with Jonah's three days of being in the belly of the great fish because a transformation took place in these men's lives during those three days. Both were changed at the end of their ordeals. Jonah decided, well, I guess I need to go to the Ninevites like God told me to. And Saul decided... It might be better if I embrace this Jewish Messiah and um, take him to the Gentiles as he's, he's asking of me. Um, <clears throat> interesting um, 
Les Feldick makes another observation that should give us a clue as to Saul's calling in that he is the only apostle that is called outside the confines of Jerusalem. He was not called in Jerusalem. He was called in Damascus, on his road to Damascus of Syria. Um, also, something else that's unique about Paul, not only was he called outside of Jerusalem, the other 12 were called inside of Jerusalem, uh, he was the only one, as far as I can tell, that was a Roman citizen. Um, and that fact alone made him very unique from the 12. And these should be a clue that the 12 were called to Israel and Paul was uniquely called to the Gentiles. You see, Saul was both a Jew and a Gentile by birth. He was a Roman citizen. Um, so only he uniquely met these qualifications that would enable him to better reach the Gentiles. And this came into play later on in his ministry. You'll remember in Acts chapter number 21, um, in verse number 37, and as Paul was being led into the castle, he said in the chief captain, may I, may I speak? Um, and the chief captain said, art thou not an Egyptian? which before these days made us an uproar and led us out into the wilderness, 4,000 men to be murderers. And Paul said unto him, I am a man which am a Jew of Tarsus. I am from a city in Cilicia. I am a citizen of no mean city. And I beseech thee, suffer me to speak unto these people. And when he had given him license, Paul stood on the stairs and beckoned with his hand unto the people. And he began to speak in the Hebrew tongue. So, see, had Paul not claimed citizenship, that Roman chief would not have allowed him to speak. You see, his, his Roman citizenship opened doors for him that the other 12 could never have had opened. I'm sure God could have done anything he wanted to. God can use anything he wants to. But the doors opened so much easier for Saul because not only was he a Jew, but he was also a Roman by birth. Also in Acts 22:24, he got to play his citizenship card again. Um, in Acts 22:24, the chief captain commanded him to be brought into the castle and bade that he should be examined by scourging, that he might know wherefore he, he, they cried so against him. And they bound him with thongs, and Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, Is it lawful you to scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? And when the, Syrian, when, the, when the centurion heard that, he went and told the chief, Take heed to what you do to this man, for he is a Roman. And the chief captain came to him and said, Tell me, art thou a Roman? And he said, I am. And the chief answered, With a great sum of money, have I obtained my freedom? And Paul said, I was freeborn. I didn't have to pay for mine. And straightway they departed from him, which should have examined him. And the chief captain was afraid because he knew that he was a Roman and, and that he had bound him. So see, Paul was uniquely, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He was uh, uniquely qualified to reach the Gentiles. So, 
Very neat. But sadly, far too many in the church today don't see this. And he even had the audacity to say that Peter, when he chose Matthias, got ahead of God. That Peter should have waited on Paul to replace Judas. That's crazy. That's a total misunderstanding of Scripture. Peter knew exactly what he is doing. He was doing. Who are, who are you and I to question what Peter was doing? Um, as we've di we've discussed before, and I'll talk about this tomorrow. Uh, Paul was never qualified to replace Matthias. Uh, your homework, read Acts 1, 21 and 22, and the qualifications to replace Judas who had fallen. Saul never met those qualifications, not a one of them. There was three of them there. He never met them at all. So anyway, next time we get together, we'll talk about how Paul never met those requirements, and we'll keep working our way through the book of Acts 10 to 12 minutes at a time. God bless you guys. Good to see you, Zeke. Love you, brother. Alex, God bless you, man. I uh, haven't seen you in forever. God bless you, brother. Say hello to your family for me. Hope that y'all have a great uh, day, and uh, I'll talk to you later.